All right, welcome to the first episode of the Grind Podcast. I'm Brady. And I'm Matt. We're going to be your co-hosts for the foreseeable future. (laughs) Totally, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we'll take you on a little bit of a journey and walk you through some of our different topics on our minds. It'll range anything from, like, I don't know, music and sports to science, space, whatever, movies, you name it, we'll talk about it. Yeah, pop pop culture, sports, just news, anything really in general. And uh, today, um, you know, we're going to talk about one of the hottest sports topics on the uh, on the agenda. And I'm going to say that's probably this uh, the coaching drama that's going on in the NHL right now. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. It started, you know, quite was, uh... quite a while ago with Babcock. Um, you know, the Leafs announced the firing of Babcock. It was clear that he... You know he lost the room there, um, but some which I I, I kind of think that decision was uh, that was bound to happen one was, way or another at some point this year. It was definitely necessary. You know that they didn't yeah. look great on the uh, on the ice there towards the end of his uh, tenure, but um, you know some stories came out after his firing about the um, the way he coached. Um, you know Mar- right. Marner's thing that came out there about him making Marner write that list down. Um, as a rookie, that was crazy. I've never heard of that before in my life. <laughs> that's that's so uh, that's so gutty that he did that to a guy who is like in his in his first year in the NHL. It, I didn't understand. in a room with people that he's not like. He probably obviously you know you're a young guy. You come into a room, you're not going to be fully comfortable like in a new setting. Like maybe he maybe he was. Who knows? But like no one's going to be comfortable being put in that situation. Exactly, and then rating his teammates from top to bottom basically on their effort i mean i that's great like i can't believe babcock said it was more of a um like a experiment to see who he thought like the the leaders were in the room and things like that but that doesn't that doesn't make any sense right and then then him going to share Uh, no it doesn't (laughs) then i'm going to share and then no exactly you know right after i heard all that come out I said to myself, um i said i feel like there's going to be a lot more stories come out about different coaches in the nhl yeah, and then, you know, a week later we learned about Bill Peters. Bill and, Peters, yeah, you know, right. Yeah. He was the second yeah, one, right? I believe Bill he Peters, was the second yeah. one that came out, or that uh, player talked about, and it was there was an yeah, allegation was against, about, yeah, you know, just the way he did things. But his was his was definitely yeah. a lot worse than Babcock because he, like, you know, Babcock got fired because obviously the team kind of slipped away from his control. Bill Peters, he got fired because he, yeah. And, to say and it's clear things. that, you know, the way he did, <laughs> the way he coached in NHL is not, you know, not proper. Um, but what baffled me is that the, the allegations that came out about the way he, you know, well, first off the racist remarks, but then there was also um, some of the physical stuff that came out too. Rob Rindamore talked about it as well. And, you know, yeah, there's some right, right. ex-players that played underneath him that weren't afraid to, to speak out. No, absolutely. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be at all. Unfortunately, like, at least now that all these stories are coming out, obviously now players are going to be more comfortable and more willing to, like, share their experiences. Obviously, right. it's going to come from guys who are retired. Because a lot of those guys who are still playing, you know, they're they're still going to be fearful that they might not have a job. Like, look, look at almost. I kind of think. Um, I look at the NFL, and like you see guys that like kind of speak yeah, against exactly. the league, Kaepernick. and they just the league makes <laughs> them disappear. And I, maybe I maybe I think I think right. Like I think guys may be a little uh, like intimidated by that potentially happening or something. 
because hockey is still kind of stuck in that like old school traditional like culture like people have been talking about lately right yeah exactly the dictator way where the coach is is the guy and you listen to him and that's the yeah way it goes. exactly but i mean obviously um you know there's still a lot of coaches out there that are clearly and stuck in the oh, old absolutely, ways man. i dude um, i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if there's m- multiple coaches in the nhl that are still that co- have coach like that still coach like that and are now probably shaking in their boots waiting for yeah. a potential well, story to come out about them, right? Like Mark Crawford was one of them. He got yeah. relieved of his duties. Um, where was Dan he? Carcillo. Where was he again? He Crawford was with assistant um, coach. He was an assistant, I believe with Chicago. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, but you know, guys like that, that they're going to, you know, it's going to come out of the woodwork very soon, sooner than later and a lot of ex players are talking now. I mean, uh, as we oh, mentioned yeah. Daniel Daniel Carcello, um, you know, one of the Grinders He's always been the, very, uh, uh, outspoken. very outspoken. Player, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, and he he spoke up and talked about uh, his coach in L.A. with Daryl Sutter, right? And he basically said the worst coach I've had in my entire life. Really? And he would demean people in front of the room, in front of everyone. And, and but was... honestly, that doesn't surprise me because even when you just from watching interviews with him, you watch Monty. He just, he, he seems like that type of guy, and Babcock does too. They just seem like those types of of guys were like they're they're the king, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, just double just to circle back. Mark Crawford was an assistant with uh, Chicago, so yeah, right, they, right. they told him to go home basically, and and you know, that's basically has it. he has he since been fired though? Has he? Is it been confirmed that he's been let go, or is it, was he just kind of like I don't sent home away from the team for now? I don't think anything's officially confirmed, but they basically relieved him of his bench duties. Um, so I believe wow. they're probably going through an investigation just like, um, Calgary did with Bill Peters. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be likely. surprised if that's the end. For yeah, him. no, I, I feel like now that all these stories are coming out and people are talking, media is picking it up like crazy teams management. They don't want these, those types of distractions, yeah. you know what I mean? Around their team. They're just going to get, it makes total sense though. You got to keep, you got to keep the players, you know, focused on playing. No, for sure. But there's so much going for around. Sure. It's It's been crazy. But, like, I don't know. For me, I never really played on, you know, a team, a hockey team. You know, I played hockey here and there. But, like, you, for somebody right. like you, played on a hockey team before. Like, did you ever come across coaches like that? Um, It's definitely – that's the thing. It's definitely, like, a fine line because, like, I've definitely been ridiculed on the bench before. I've I've – I don't ever recall being like hit by a coach or kicked on the bench, but like I definitely remember, you know, like getting, getting yelled at by a coach for, you know, missing a defensive uh, play or something like that and getting screamed, screamed at and stuff like that. I've, I've been yelled at where, um, you know, I didn't agree with something the coach, a decision the coach made about like a practice or a tryout and like you try to bring it up and the coach will just say like buddy like this is my team like who are you basically like i'm the coach right. like a dictator show it's like exactly. the, like as a player yeah like as a player like you you have no say you basically just do yeah. what you're told especially at a young especially at a young age like that i feel like it's a lot more prominent coaches acting yeah. like that because um kids kids young kids won't stick up for themselves especially to a coach who they're trying to win ice time from they're trying to they want to play right so they're not going right. to disagree and, you know, with you this look guy at, 
absolutely. I'm trying to get out and on you, the ice. You look at the way the, the league is moving today, and, you know, the league is, you know, getting, I'm not going to say it, but, like, getting smaller and, you know, getting more fast pace and, you know, less hitting yep. and less fighting. Um, the coaches have to learn to adapt that way. That's why I think, you know, the Leafs bringing in Sheldon Keefe is going to be great for them. No, uh, for um, sure. Because he's going to learn to adapt. Well, just look at how Keefe and Dubis, like they're two guys that are super analytical. Like they've worked together for a long time. Like I, I just don't think off the bat that Babcock and Dubis worked well together because they're right. s- such and different styles from let- two different generations of hockey, really. And I think that their styles just didn't match together and it just didn't work. That's that's all. And I think Babcock kind of right. um, maybe didn't really respect Dubas enough because he's so young and he's not the guy who hired him and all this. Makes total sense. You know, this young shot comes but, in and it's all hey, of a sudden. you never know. Yeah. I mean, you look at, um, well, Babcock was hired by Lan Morello, you know, to... He was hired, right? right? He was hired. And Shanahan. Yeah, so Shanahan yeah. was the president, but Lamarello was the GM at the time. And those are two. Actually, I think, I th- I'm pretty sure Babcock was hired before the Leafs had a GM. When it was Shanahan was the just president, Shanahan. I'm pretty sure Babcock was the first guy they right. brought in. So I'm just, com- yeah. you know, I'm comparing Babcock and Lamarello, two old school guys that probably got a- got along quite well. Probably oh, did things uh, the same dude. sort of way. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, 100%. And that's why the Leafs Absolutely. looked, you know, I'm not going to say they looked great, but they definitely looked okay back then. But, you know, then Dubas came in and yeah. Dubas basically was like, well, I mean, I am the general manager and this is how I'd like to to organized right. team. He's trying to put his flavor on the on the way the team plays or his kind of style on it. Too, and then right? Babcock was basically like, uh, I don't like it that way. I'm good. You know, this is how I like it. Babcock's issue, I think, was, like obviously I don't I have no knowledge of the guy. I've never met him before. But just from my opinion, I feel like he was very um, hard-headed and kind of had a hard time taking criticism. Yeah, for sure. About, about his like coaching techniques and things like that. And I just feel like he didn't try to change. Enough. Yeah, he was you know exactly. I mean? He wasn't like, a fan of change. That's evident. He was. He's one of those guys where like we're sticking to this system and we're just going to play our yeah. way out of it. There's no like we're not. It's, we're not going to make adjustments. We're just going to play our way out. Exactly. Of it, well, I mean, that's not going to work in today's no, NHL it, it, with such a you know quickly changing sport. Um, you know, you have, oh yeah, changes every gotta, year. Every year, it's so you got to learn to be able to change on the fly too. So you know. Um, exactly. I was at the uh, Mississauga Steelheads versus the uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds game today. How was that? Um, that was a good time. It was great. I nice. mean, they lost Mississauga, yeah, but you know the Sioux looked great. Um, of course, but, of course. You, know, you look at those young guys coming up, and they're all like, I'm not going to say they're all speedsters, but you know the way that they're they're playing these days is it's all puck possession and Speed you know, moving and puck up possession. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, there's there's really no more um, hitting anymore, and. Um, Sheldon Keefe, who used to also um, coach on the Sioux, and Dubas yep. coming from the Sioux as well, they they were good partners, so they oh, understand yeah. each other's under each you know each other's ways and just know how to to move the needle the right I, way. So. I believe they won the um, OHL championship together in the Sioux. Yeah, I don't think they ever won the Memorial Cup. No, I don't believe so. I think but I'm Dubis pretty had... sh- pretty sure they won the OHL championship. Uh, so yeah, the Leafs played last night. Yep. They had a big win. It was a really good win. They played really Same well from what I watched. Yeah, they looked great. We were 
partook Brady and I partook in a Christmas party last night. So yeah, that was quite fun. We didn't watch the entire game, but what we saw looked pretty good. We good. saw some. We saw some <laughs> for sure. We saw some good. I got. I saw some good plays. You know, Matthews had a couple goals. So that was nice to see him pull yeah. that monkey off his back. Two and, goals on the night. And uh, two goals on the night for uh, Matthews. Yeah. I think Hyman had a goal. He's got goals in back-to-back games. Yeah, he's heating up a little bit. Actually, I think I think Hyman had two goals last last night as well. Yeah, actually he did. Hyman had two goals. Uh, Hyman and Matthew Spezza had a goal. He's been great since the coaching change. Now that he's getting more ice time, I, I love it. Spezza's awesome. He's a great addition to this team. Love and he it. belongs full-time where he is. Oh, Third line absolutely. center is where he belongs. He just deserves to be in the lineup every day. Yep. He's a pro, a vet. He just he knows how to be a vet. And absolutely. That's the type of guy you want in the dressing room all the time with a young team like we got. Absolutely. They, they don't have enough veterans right? on the team. And, you know, they're... They don't. They really don't. And the guys that they do that have been around don't have a whole lot of experience with winning or anything. No. Like, Riley is probably the guy who's been here the longest. He's lost in three game sevens in the playoffs. Exactly. Like, and they uh, need some still guys young. with some playoff experience. And oh, dude, yeah, what he's like twenty-seven. Yeah, so he has never even th- even had a chance to experience even... that kind of stuff, right? So Spetsa has been, you know, through the ringer a few times. You know, he knows. Oh yeah, he's he. You know, Ottawa had a good team, and he was there. He's played the last what six years, five six years in Dallas, where they've had a really good team. Yeah, had a couple decent little playoff pushes, and then we got. Um... Gochi is our fourth line center, also which is also really like him, really like him too. And and big. but that fourth line too, like pretty much everyone on the fourth line is a centerman. So no yeah, matter, like, change. like Patan, um, Gautier, um, who they, Timishov sometimes plays down there. The, who was that guy they just um, put on waivers? Uh, Nick Shore. Nick Shore, yeah, he got another picked guy up by Winnipeg. Yeah, I saw that. He was another guy getting cycled around there on the fourth line. Definitely, you know, good guys that are interchangeable, which is nice to have the flexibility to do, to do that, you know? Um, Absolutely. But I don't know. If you had to a, rate your favorite player on the Leafs, top three. If I had to rate ones, top three. Who for would you say? just the game the other night or overall? Let's go with just the game the other, the other night. The game the other night, top three players. I'm going to throw right away Freddie Anderson. Yeah. Got to throw Freddie in there. The stats here. Freddie had a solid uh, 26 saves. Nice. He gave up two goals. It's pretty solid. Uh, Matthew's obviously getting two goals on the road, which is he's had a really hard time scoring on the road this year. Yeah. But he so got that he was good. off his back. Hopefully that opens then, the floodgates. And then Spezza. He's my third. I think those three. And Hyman. Honestly, I'll give Hyman up there too. <laughs> Hyman and Spezza. They all played good. They're a wash there. That, third place. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm really glad that Sheldon Keefe decided to put Hyman, Tavares, and Marner back together last yeah. night because it worked. It clearly, they, they played good from what we saw. Yeah, that was good. But I do think now that Janssen is going to be on the long-term injury reserve there for a while, I think mm-hmm. you got to see Mikheyev up there on the first oh, line. I, w- I was just going to say, did he play on that line last night? I didn't notice who was playing on that I honestly line. couldn't tell you. Um, yeah. you know, we were watching I wasn't the game paying inter- attention that yeah, far. Exactly. We were watching it intermittently there. But um, if he wasn't, he definitely should get a chance up there because I think he could I you know, open it up a little bit and um, uh, get some scoring Mikhaev, going. I think you could even 
put like just say if you wanted like if you wanted to keep it like as a pure skill line throw patan up there man he's Why fast not? he can keep up with those guys Why not? lit it up in junior man he's good sheldon knows his marlies let's put it that way so he's not yeah, afraid to yeah. pull, you know he brought up um patan again and auberg pontius so he clearly he sees something night, i believe yeah he sees yep. something in them so We'll have to see what he does with it, but he definitely has got some, um, you know, some ability to make some moves on the lines and switch some people up and give other people different ice time. Different. It's basically just finding what clicks. This is the best scenario right now for the Leafs to have. You know, obviously, you don't want to fire your coach twenty-five games into the season, right? Exactly. That's not ideal. Right. But to have your minor league coach come up, a guy who's coached like eighty percent of the team we have, exactly. Nothing but it's just nothing but good, really. It's yeah. Familiar. It's less of like a transition for the players, right? Yeah, and then like him bringing Keefe up. The um, they just named a replacement for him on the Marlies, um, Moore, Greg Moore. Yeah, um, who I believe came from the U.S. system somewhere. Okay, um, so they didn't like promote an assistant or anything. No, like that. no, they hired from okay. outside the organization, and That's cool. you know it, um, it. Also, going with the you know the similarity of like the young coach that, you know, that probably analytical thinking coach. Yeah, um, absolutely. He's yeah. had experience there. Um, so I, I would assume that it's going to be a good, a coherent system between, you know, the Leafs and the Marlies and the coaching staff oh, and yeah. the upper management. So I'll have to see what they do, but I think the Marlies are doing pretty great as well. They've had a great team the last few years. They won the Calder cup a few years ago. And ever since like that was, back when I think Nylander was like still playing for the Marlies and stuff. Right. But I mean, and, uh, Sheldon they had a Keefe, great team and they've still been good, man. Sheldon Keefe has been there. So he, he's walked them through that oh, yeah. multiple times. Um, yep. The whole season uh, we're looking Marlies in the whole league are in fifth place. They're in first in their, oh, uh, in, wow. their in their division. That's awesome. So the 16 and four win loss. So that's pretty solid. Pierre Engvall. He's, he's, he's great. He's solid for sure. I really like that guy. He's a big, but another big body like McKayev who can skate. Yeah, he's he, well. He set up. I he really set up Hyman him. on the two and zero last night. Yeah, he, he did, pulled the yeah. goalie out to the side there and passed it right across. Hyman tipped it in there. That was beautiful. Yeah. Straight out of NHL twenty. <laughs> the t- the two on zero. Oh yeah. <laughs> that always gets it. That's the that's the uh, cheat goal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, so another some more good luck for the Leafs last night too, as the Bruins got thumped. Yeah, that's what we need. They had uh, they actually got their first regulation loss at home last night. That's crazy. Their first regulation loss. That's uh... at home last night this year. That's wild. That eh? is quite Boston wild. Bruins are just so nasty, man. As much as I can't stand the Bruins as a league fan, <laughs> they're just so good, man. Yeah, but you got to look at Colorado. Who who they, thumped them? They lost. The, they lost to the Colorado. I know that's what I'm saying. You got to look at Colorado on the other yeah. on the other side. They got talent and a half on their on their and I'm, I believe I think right before this like for this game, I think Colorado got like Burakovsky, Landeskog, Rantanen. I think they're, they're all back, back in the lineup for that yeah, game. They're too. all back. Yeah, like the three guys came. And back. then there's a rumor out there that they're looking at Taylor Hall. No, yeah, way. Col- I would. I kind of want to see him go back to Edmonton. That's what the people keep saying. Everybody keeps saying that it's going to be the uh, exact same deal, flipping back the other way, a Larson for Hall. <laughs> well, I don't that's think that's so going to happen because. Honestly, no, Larson has no he has his no points this season. Can you believe he's, that? He's terrible. Man. He's terrible. He's been not looking. He's, that good, was a that was sure. a terrible trade. 
Yeah. In my opinion, absolutely terrible. But I mean, at the time, Edmonton had so much but, talent up front and nothing on the back end that they really didn't have a nothing. choice. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And, yeah. No, they had to move somebody. And at the time, Larson on on you know uh, New Jersey was a great draft pick, and he was looking positive. Um, but yeah. you know, sometimes you have those players that just don't work out. Well, same. Same with Hall and Edmonton. He hasn't really been that great since he's been in New Jersey. He, well, he yeah, had great he's been last year. with the injuries yeah. and stuff. But this but year like, has been slow. He really hasn't been, like, that good. Yeah. Like, he's a good player. He just had some injury problems. And I always, like, especially as a hockey player, I'm very, like, superstitious right. and things like that. And I and I, <laughs> I, uh, I see that situation, and I'm just like, man, both teams that guy's been with, they just, like, end up in the basement of the league. Yeah. Like what's what's with that? I don't know. You have those <laughs> players that just sometimes don't work out at all. You've had, I mean, just, I was looking not too long ago the other bad day. Bad luck, if, man. Just bad luck. Some of the, you know, different rounds of the uh, entry entry level draft and who went in the first rounds, and there's some duds in there that literally never played a game. Oh yeah, in the league. Something crazy. Well, some other guys that come to mind is Datsuk. Datsuk was drafted. Um, Datsuk far down. He was drafted in the uh, yeah sixth round for Datsuk, and look what he ended up being. And same thing with um, filthy. Still playing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, over in the KHL. Yeah, you talked about a possible, you know, um, NHL rebirth, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, and then you have Zetterberg, who also got drafted quite Zay. far down, 210th overall, the 99 draft. Wow. So that's like seventh round, I believe. Uh, 210 wow. is the seventh round. Yeah, two guys who were amazing for Detroit for their whole yeah. careers. Yeah, Zetterberg, 210. So, wild. you know, the drafting, you're obviously going to be able to possibly find some diamonds in the rough. There's there. some steals, right? Yeah. yeah, you can totally get a steal for sure. Absolutely. But that definitely, um, you know, they're out there going back. It's all about scouting and stuff, right? That's and where it comes down to. If you don't have good scouting. Those guys in place. And... But then again, it, back in the day, it was the... so hard to judge. Yeah, the scouting and the analytics were Potential. so hard. Yeah, it's so hard to judge potential on, like, just watching players for, you know, some of these guys don't even watch these junior players for a whole year. Like, it's just like in chunks, kind of. You know, right. like you can only have so many play or so many scouts to go around. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. they gotta split up their time between you know the OHL, the WHL, the QM, JHL. You know, out in Europe, over in the KHL, wherever it yeah. is. So it's all over the place. But you know, circling back to. The Leafs, on the final note, you know, they looked great on St. Louis, but, like, looking at their at their depth, um, you know, the guys we have on the team right now, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, um, in terms of forward depth in the Marlies, I'm not going to say they don't have anything. They definitely have some great quality players, but, you know, once Bracco... Yeah, they got some guys down once there. Once Bracco comes up, whether that's this year or next year, if he ever, if he ever does, right? I mean, I think he would be possibly the first call um, if they need like a top six forward. I think he would fit in there. Yeah. Um, well, other than that's just I and that I feel like that's like it's like assuming like Patan and Timoshov are going to be here like four. Right. That's what I'm, I mean. The next yeah, full right, call because, up. Right. Like. But then, other than that, he's got those guys in front of him. But then, like you said, that it's all based on now what Sheldon Keith feels and yeah. what he sees like those guys were coming up because that was what right. Babcock wanted and I think that when Sheldon Keefe got here he wasn't just going to start sending guys to the minors and bringing guy, the guys up that he he's obviously going to give these guys a chance to kind of work play their way right. out of it a bit right? absolutely yeah. 
but you know, looking at Bracco would be you know one. Um, other than that, Igor Korshkev might be another one. But like, I'm not yep. going to say that their depth is over the top. They got to start. They don't. No, they don't have like incredible depth or anything. Like they definitely offensively they got a bit of depth. Defensively, I feel like they have no. Well, depth they're at all. they're looking not great on the D on the D side. But you know, no. we have a couple guys in the Marlies. You know, you got Lilligren and you have Sandine. Those two guys are going to be Which both. I think, I think both of them are going to be good pieces. Going to be great pieces when they're ready. Yeah. Lilligren yeah. has still got some time. Exactly. Sandine's looking a lot closer to ready than Lilligren is. Um, but yeah. you know, over time, they're both going to be probably full time players for the Leafs as long as they're sticking around. Um, I like I like Sandine. It just sounds so much like Sundine. It's so nostalgic. <laughs> well, they're both. He's Swedish too. They're both Swedish. Lilligren and, and Sandine. Yeah. Look at that. We have we have history That's with Sweden. Swedish players, right? Um, Sandine, Salming, all of them, and they've all helped each other when they've come to the Leafs. Like I read a, I read a story about that Matt Sundine wrote. This was when Nylander had got drafted, and he was talking about how when Matt's when he first came to the Leafs got traded, um, Borea Salming like reached out to him and was like, "Do you like?" Because he was the first Borea Salming, I believe, was the first ever Swedish player right. drafted in the NHL or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so he came to the Leafs and he loved it, loved playing for the Leafs. So he talked with Mats and said like, look, man, like if you need anything, like call me, like this is going to be the best organization you play for, yada, yada. So he helped Mats out a lot right. when he first came to Toronto. And then, so he was telling the story that he, you know, he wanted obviously to like pass it, pass it up, like pass it forward in a way. So when Nylander got drafted, he was talking how he, called up Willie and his dad and was like being a Maple Leaf is going to be the best thing ever as a Swedish guy. Like you're going to love the city. Like, yeah. So I just like, yeah, they're like a tight knit family. It's really cool. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure Lilligren and Sandine are probably hearing the same sort of stuff from Nylander. You know, they're probably talking all the time. They're like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like anything you need. Well, they're probably all going to be playing on the national team. together. Probably. I believe Sandine's going for sure. I believe Sandine will be definitely back. Lilligren, I believe, believe played last year as well so i think you'll see lilligren there as well if if the marley's can afford to uh lose them for a little while um but yeah. i'm sure they well, will for the development that's it depending on if the league allows players to go to the next yeah. olympics or if guys have to wait till the off season to play in the world championship that's crazy or, too all that stuff i haven't heard i haven't heard anything about another world cup happening in like another year or two that ha- remember that one that happened yeah. like yeah, that was a good Matthews little. Yeah, I remember started. that one. That was a good little it was one. Really, I cool. like that one. But, but like, I had like, they haven't planned really anything like that since. Yeah. Which I, which I'm kind of hoping that kind of means that guys are going to go to the Olympics at the next. You year. hope so, because you know it's not I, it's I not going to be the same when you watch the Olympics and you you don't have your favorite NHL players playing for their teams. And you have a no, bunch of like washups. Watched, you know what I mean? Well, the last Olympics when they did that, it was like I still watch the hockey, but like it's it's cool to see like amateurs get a shot but like it's the olympics man it's supposed to be the best of the best sucks that it could like a an agreement couldn't have been uh there couldn't have been anything agreed upon where they would have allowed the players yeah to come. no i agree but you know at the same Sucks. time no i mean like there's no excuse i want to see them in the olympics for sure but then you have the teams that are like concerned about the the health and a, stuff you know what i mean oh of course it's understandable but say so think about a guy like stamkos who the last Olympics, he broke his leg right before it started and couldn't so, even play. He's never played for Team Canada because of injuries. Blow. 
McDavid, he could have played in his first Olympics, but now he didn't get to do that. So now we'll have a like an Olympic where McDavid never played for Team Canada. Basically, right. like that's that's criminal <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Like that's that's crazy. That's crazy. you got to see the talent that's, on the it's ice. It's mind blowing. Oh man, I it's want so to much see... better to watch your favorite players play for their home country. I want to see McDavid and Crosby on a power play together. <laughs> like that. That would be just deadly. crazy, man. That's Absolutely crazy. Deadly. And McKinnon too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dude, I mean, like that's unbelievable. You gotta have, you know, you gotta have McKinnon and Crosby on a line together because they're like best buddies and they play together Absolutely. all off season, train together. So, yeah, I'm sure they sure. got some pretty filthy chemistry. They don't even need to have chemistry. They're both. They're all so great that they can just be oh, like, yeah. "Here you go. Here's the puck. Like, where are you? <laughs> You're it. over on the other side. Chase Here, it. it's on your stick. All of a sudden, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. That would be amazing. And then you'd oh, see man. Matthews though play for the U.S., which would suck. I wish Matthews was Canadian. Yeah, whatever. No, he's great. Don't get me wrong, but that would have been pretty sweet. Well, um, that looks like time for us, um, but we'll wrap it up for this week. We're going to be doing an episode um, every week. We're going to probably record on Sundays and hope to have it up live on Sundays. And we'll roll through all the topics. Um, But I think what we'll do next week, let's... Let's dive deeper into this Olympics. Yeah. And come up with our dream rosters for Team Canada. Oh, I like it. Okay. I like it. I like it. We'll put together over the week. Let's, I'm going to put together my dream roster. You put together your dream roster. We'll come back next week. Are we going to do, so what are the terms? Is it like dream roster all time Team Canada? No, let's do current players. NHLers. Yeah, let's do current NHLers. We'll do the top, you know, your your four lines and your three, three pairings of D and your you know your goalie two and, and two goalies yeah yeah and we'll come back and we'll talk about it and and debate but um i will sign off for today thanks for listening to the grind podcast yeah. i'm brady and matt this is uh our first episode so it's only going to get better from here also yeah um you can check our streams out on soundcloud yeah. and we're on youtube and facebook follow us on facebook so and we're on twitter too. follow us on facebook give us a like and we're on twitter, twitter. The grind podcast he's running the twitter yeah, i'm running the twitter so feel free to give us a follow we'd love it um if you guys have topics you want us to talk about feel free to reach out to us too because we're happy to to dive into any topic we will do our best yeah, absolutely to, we like to become the the experts on anything <laughs> <laughs> the experts that are exactly. not experts the non-experts right <laughs> anyways guys thanks for listening we will uh we'll catch up with you next week next sunday but uh appreciate it and take care